Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're talking about some busty wide receivers. They're going to bust for you this year. I don't want any drafts. And then we have the do not draft players, right? But those are guys that, depending on their ADP, I'm fine if you get them. These wide receivers, for me personally, I just think are going to be absolute busts based on their ADP as well. So I don't want to be drafting these guys. And again, these players are, some of them are, are notable players and their situations have changed. Quarterback play has changed or just other weapons have come into that offense, maybe an injury perhaps. So we're going to talk about three guys today, give you a couple of honorable mentions. You might not agree with these players and that's fine, but these are the ones that I would recommend staying away from and just getting better wide receivers and getting better players at that position. Maybe it's just going with a running back there instead. Maybe it's just getting your tight end there instead. So uh, these are the players that I do not want to be drafting. And before we get into them, not the ones behind me right now for watching YouTube, this is just uh, the wide receiver profile list and it's going to be ever adding on to this this is uh, just veteran players there's going to be a bunch of rookies there already are all the rookies up but this is over on the supreme draft guide you can go ahead you can check that out down below it's going to be ten dollars thanks to the sponsor of this video monkey knife fight above so you can check that out for your fantasy football season get ready with all your rankings tiers all the player profiles stats databases a bunch of different stuff is going to be up there premium analysis throughout the summer go ahead get it right now fellas and then before we get into it just hit that big old like button right now and the subscribe button that just pops up on the screen i appreciate that and above you'll see top 25 running back rankings is for free link down below is a little bit of a sample of what my rankings look like totally free you can check it out if you're indeed interested so with that said we're gonna start this video off after you hit the like and subscribe button pause there you go bang we're gonna hit it with three guys and the first guy we're gonna start with is a second year player by the name of Debo Samuel and I know how much of a darling Debo Samuel was for so many people even before his injury I wasn't that interested in him now I didn't think he was gonna be a bust before his injury but I didn't think he was gonna be anything fantastic right I mean already he's the wide receiver two on his team so I mean you're putting him behind George Kittle of course they drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round who has a very skill similar skill said to Debo Samuel and then Jalen Hurd coming back off of an injury who I would say his athletic profile in college was nowhere near as well as Debo Samuel's uh, but still another player coming back also Trent Taylor so th these are all players that are coming back to take on some of the target share now based on Debo Samuel's first year and sort of a breakout I don't think that's horrible but a lot of people were propping up Debo Samuel and even projecting him again to do what he did last year to lead the league in rushing as a wide receiver now that's somewhat of a st sticky stat right depending on the offenses that you're in you see Robert Woods being up there with uh, Sean McVay because he's he's literally the end round guy he'll get one to two carries a game as an end around play and that's what rookie Debo Samuel started to happen last year so maybe that happens but it's yet to be seen Robert Woods we have a a few year sample of that on when he's with the Rams Debo Samuel we had one year of him doing it and he rushed for 159 yards and three rushing touchdowns which surely propped up his overall finish at the wide receiver position former second round pick he played 72 percent of the snaps last year 57 receptions for over 800 yards on 77 targets this is a guy similar to AJ Brown who didn't get the first month of the season to really uh, get a lot of production like uh, in his rookie year like a Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf he started to break out towards the second half of the year like a lot of rookies usually do now, he was number five last year in overall yak with 461 yards so this was a efficient wide receiver but that efficiency in my opinion is something that was likely going to drop now this is an offense that you try and get guys who are good yards after the catch that's what Kyle Shanahan wants he has George Kittle in that department he drafted Brandon Ayuk the number one wide receiver in the draft in yards after the catch but I think it's a little bit skewed he had 2.31 fantasy points per target skewed because of the rushing upside um, nine drops are fourth most in the he saw 12.5 fantasy points per game which finished 34th so there's a few reasons why i now think Debo's a bust well first of all i thought he was he was very close to a do not draft for me i really had no shares of Debo samuel he's very flashy for a lot of guys and i, and I understand a lot of the metrics and why people like him but i have a little bit of 
a concern. I don't think he's ever going to profile out as a true alpha number one receiver as long as George Kittle's there. You draft the first round pick, who I think is just as good as Debo Samuel, if not better, coming out in Brandon Ayuk. And although I do think the 49ers throw a little bit more this year, it doesn't give me a ton of confidence that Debo Samuel pays off being a top 30, top 25 wide receiver for some people before the injury, pre-injury. But then the injury happens, and boy, oh boy, I'm out the door completely. I, this guy's an absolute bust, in my opinion, now uh, with this injury. And I get it. That might hurt your heart. That really might hurt your heart hearing me say that if Debo Samuel has been a sweetheart for you. But he suffers an injury that uh, Dr. Chow, who you can say what you want about Dr. Chow, he's an expert doctor who works with athletes on injuries. And I, I get it. He hasn't he hasn't seen Debo Samuel, and that's why this can never be 100%. Um, but he, he knows what the injury is. He knows the reoccurrence of injury and, and how often that you re-injure yourself and how often it takes and how long it takes to get back from this injury fully 100%, especially as a wide receiver or a running back or somebody who's actually going to be cutting and putting a lot of pressure on it. And Dr. Chow has recommended that Debo Samuel go on the pup list. And Dr. Chow has said, for somebody who's no fantasy football expert, but somebody who's an expert in medicine and modern medicine right now, he has said that, yeah, he doesn't think that Debo Samuel should continue to be picked in the fifth or sixth round. He wouldn't feel comfortable taking Debo Samuel until the 10th round of drafts. And I honestly agree with him, but that's never going to happen. Nobody's going to let Debo Samuel slip to the 10th round because most people are more optimistic or at least like to be optimistic. That's why more, most people bet the overs in games, right? So you're going to be seeing Debo Samuel continue to come off the board in sixth, seventh round, somewhere around there, even though as the season gets closer, maybe there'll be positive news that he'll only miss one to two weeks. But even if he doesn't miss one to two weeks, even if he misses no time, he's going to be significantly limited for one to two months. This is a guy who relies on end rounds, relies on taking hits. This is a guy who is going to be shifty at the wide receiver position and is just a huge monster and also relied a ton of his production last year, not only on the rushing, which you need to be quick and you have to be 100% in my opinion, but also the yards after the catch, which does take skill and does take you being 100%. But what happens if just the worst case scenario happens and Debo Samuel is missing six weeks, but he's not himself for eight weeks? This is a Libs Franks fracture on his foot. His teammate Trent Taylor last year had complications, of course, but missed the entire season because of it. There was complications with surgery, but this is something that um, usually doesn't end people's careers. But if, if you're like a veteran, if you're like 32, like if Julio Jones suffered this injury right now, it would probably be a career ender for him. Like that's how bad this injury is. Now he's a younger player, Debo, so it shouldn't end his career, but it might significantly limit this season upcoming. His quarterback last year, Jimmy G, threw for uh, 476 times. That was 19th in the league, just under 4,000 yards at 3,979 was 12th, and he had 27 touchdowns, which was fifth. Jimmy G last year was good. He was first in deep ball accuracy, although he didn't throw a ton, only 29th ranked in the NFL in actual deep ball attempts. He was number three in true completion percentage and number two in pressured completion percentage. I think that Jimmy G is actually going to regress to throw more. Jimmy G is a top 20 quarterback, pushing a top 15 quarterback in my rankings right now. You're not going to find that in a lot of a lot of places. You're probably going to find Jimmy G probably somewhere around like the 24 to 25 range. I like him a little bit more. What did San Fran do in the offseason to make Debo Samuel even more of a risk candidate now that he's not going to be on the field probably for the first few weeks of the season, or at least not be fully healthy. Well, they added a lot at wide receiver. Like they added Travis Benjamin, which is not a huge ad. He hasn't been good in a while. He was actually uh, pretty much a, a disaster for the Chargers, dropping a lot of big passes as of late. So that's a problem. But they had Trent Williams. They lose Joe Staley. I think that's a downgrade in the offensive line. They lose Emmanuel Sanders. So that's good for Debo, of course. But they add in Brandon Ayuk in the draft, who, in my opinion, is probably better than Emmanuel Sanders at this point, or very close to it when you factor in the age of it. They had Juwan Jennings later in the draft. Uh, they get rid of Marquise Goodwin in the draft as well. They trade him to the Eagles. So what you're ending up having now is Jalen Hurd returning from injury, Trent Taylor returning from injury. They have Brandon Ayuk, they have Travis Benjamin, and they have Joanna Jennings. So a lot of pieces now in this offensive arsenal at the wide receiver position. And now if you tell me that Brandon Ayuk is going to get starting snaps, sign me up for that. Brandon Ayuk is somebody who really did shoot up my rankings overall. I believe he entered my top 150 as well with this Debo Samuel injury. So yeah, this is something that I'm not going to take lightly. It was something that I already didn't like Debo, and I just need one more thing to really make me say, I don't want to draft this guy. And having one of the worst injuries you can have for a wide receiver on your ankle, um, the Libs Franks fracture, is something that made me push it a little bit over the edge. As of right now, when I'm recording this in the middle of July, 
July, I would rank George Kittle as the number one weapon on this team. Pretty obvious there. 82% of the snaps last year. In 14 games, he ended up getting over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns on a 28.2% target share. That's elite wide receiver one production as a tight end. He was number one in yards per route run amongst tight ends. Number two in fantasy points per route run. Number one in tight ends fantasy points per game. I believe tied with Kittle. And then number one in tight end yak yards after the catch, which is something that this team just thrives on in general. Factoring in a Debo Samuel injury, you can see Brandon Ayuk would be number two for me last year when he was at Arizona State. Well, first of all, he was drafted on the first round pick 25. Uh, he's coming out six foot, 205 pounds. I think he looks pretty good. He's one of the best yards after the catch monsters uh, in college, 18.3 yards per reception last year on a 27% target share. He had just around 1200 yards in eight total touchdowns. His positives, as you can see down here in the green, he was explosive. He maintained speed throughout the catch. He sells routes and he's a good special teams player, which usually shows correlation uh, to the NFL. And then his negatives didn't break out until 21 and a half. That's a little bit of a minor hit. Nothing major for me. Contested catch and only one year of major production is going to be your issue. And that one year was the late breakout. So Brandon Ayuk for me right now, the first round pick for this year, is probably the guy that you look to next and say, okay, that's the guy that I want to end up getting uh, for the first few weeks of the season, at least looks like an even better dynasty option now. And then it's just a hodgepodge of guys after that you have Jalen Hurd who in my opinion there's not a lot to really like too much about Jalen Hurd's overall upside maybe for the first few weeks of the season they drafted Ayuk uh Hurd coming out of college was slow and lacks burst he's only had one year of decent college production there's a bad history just in general as you can see with my tweet here and rookie wide receivers missing year one and he's coming off of a back injury with multiple setbacks that he could barely fly in a plane to the Super Bowl with so not good Trent, Trent Taylor's gonna be coming back off of this injury uh Kendrick Bourne I think is actually the guy who sees the biggest uptick outside of Brandon Ayuk's potential opportunity is, is Kendrick Bourne some they feel comfortable throwing into the slot. Uh, but that's enough on Debo Samuel. He's a bust. You can see why. And even if he is, I would say, relatively healthy, I don't think he'll ever be 100% healthy by week one. If he does, well, then he's just an absolute monster. Maybe you should be drafting him. But if he's relatively healthy, or maybe he misses week one and week two, and he comes back, say, week three, there's no way you're drafting him in the fifth and sixth round. Somebody in your league is going to draft him in the seventh round. He's not going to be fully healthy probably until a month or two into the season. And that's going to give Brandon all the opportunity in the world to really take on a big target share. So for me, Debo Samuel, a bust numero uno in this video. I bust number two is going to be Mike Evans. And there's some elite wide receivers that I have no interest in drafting this year. DeAndre Hopkins, unless he falls like end of the second round, which he never does. He's being taken a lot in the first round still, which is a huge mistake. Um, don't want him. Amari Cooper, don't want him. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Goblin, these teammates, I don't want them. Now I'm fine getting Chris Goblin a little bit more, but he's also more expensive. So usually I'm just passing on these guys, taking a running back in that round or taking another wide receiver. If it's a Kenny Galladay, if it's an Allen Robinson during those rounds. But for me, Mike Evans is just a bust. And this is a guy who last year was fantastic in just 13 games. I mean, the guy absolutely balled out. This is what he did in 13 games last year. 90% of the snaps, 67 receptions, over 1,150 yards and eight touchdowns, a 27.7% red zone target share, and overall 24% target share. 89 yards per game. This is a guy who put up a zero spot in fantasy one week and still produced those numbers. So he pretty pretty much did everything I just said in just 12 games of action. Uh, so he was a beast last year, but there's concerns now. I would say a pretty big concern is the rumors as of right now, maybe you're watching this and it's already happened because this is going to be scheduled out a week ahead or so, is Antonio Brown potentially signing there. That would just ruin everything. That make Antonio Brown, if you get him late, a decent play, of course, but would make me not want Chris Goblin, would make me not want Mike Evans. But I think Rob Gronkowski going there was a little bit underestimated, right? Like people aren't making a bigger deal out of that than they should, in my opinion. Like for some reason, people think that Gronk's just going to come in here and only be a blocking tight end, not be used in the red zone, which is Mike Evans' specialty on this team, right? Eight touchdowns last year, 27.7% target share. That's going to be significantly hit now with Rob Gronkowski there. They didn't use OJ Howard all that much in the red zone, really at all last year. They used Cameron Braid a decent amount, but nothing spectacular. Rob Gronkowski, there's a good chance he leads this team in red zone target share. He sees 
28% of the red zone targets. And if that's the case, how does that not hurt a guy in Mike Evans? And also you had Jameis Winston who was throwing reckless. And we already know the narrative of uh, Jameis was throwing so reckless, throwing pick sixes, 30 interceptions. They got to throw more. Tom Brady will be more efficient, throw less, less red zone opportunities, all this stuff, right? They'll end up milking the clock more. Defense should be good, all that stuff. So less opportunity in general for Mike Evans, less deep threat opportunity. You had Tom Brady last year looking decent downfield. He was number one in red zone attempts last year. He was 17th in true passer rating, but he was 32nd in clean pocket accuracy. That's not good. So I understand that Tom Brady last year in deep ball accuracy was actually above average in the league. You're going to tell me 32nd in clean pocket accuracy is not a terrible thing to be looking at. Overall, Brady last year, 253.6 yards per game, 39.3 attempts per game, and 24 touchdowns. Now, Mike Evans has always been good. 1,000 yards every single year that he's been in the season. Last year, if you're looking at his total, total target distance was second in the league. That's just naturally going to come down. Even if it was Jameis still back there, that's naturally going to come down. But Jameis loves his guy and was throwing deep to him last year. He was eighth in yards per route run. He was ninth in yards per reception last year. And he saw 17.7 fantasy points per game, which was fifth, very up and down seasons, but it was overall pretty good. So Mike Evans is a guy who you look at last year and you're going to say he should be a top 10 wide receiver. And he's still borderline top 10 wide receiver for me. Um, I honestly think I can move him down to probably like 12th or 13th and just start taking guys like DJ Moore ahead of him, start taking guys even like Odell ahead of him. And I feel pretty good about that just in general. This is not the same receiver that you're getting. Sure, he's the same name and all that. It's going to be a whole new offense now with Tom Brady on the center. And it has had success in the past. Obviously, you go back a while and Deion Branch and Tom Brady, you look at Tom Brady and you look at Randy Moss. But recently, Philip Dorsett had success with Tom Brady. It just wasn't anything consistent. Like he would see some touchdowns, right? That was the big thing. Philip Dorsett, I think it's a little bit skewed that he was having these huge 150 yard games, which is never the case. He was just scoring one or two touchdowns on like 30 or 40 receiving yards. He just had positive touchdown regression. If that was to balance out, you're looking at Tom Brady not really having a true deep threat in a while and not really taking advantage of one in a while. It's been that dink and dunk offense for the past four or five years, right? His main deep threat was Rob Gronkowski down the middle of the field. And then other than that, it's your, your, your passes slightly to Julian Edelman and obviously all the running backs. So I do worry for Mike Evans in general. I do worry that Chris Goblin is just a better receiver on this team now. Evans, I think, still has the talent and he's nowhere near a spot where I think he's busting. He's only 27 years old, but it's just a concern overall. Outside of Tom Brady coming there, we talked about Rob Gronkowski coming there and, and really hitting and damaging Mike Evans' red zone opportunity and his whole team's opportunity. In terms of the losses, Brashad Perriman is now gone. So that's good. But again, you're replacing him with a Rob Gronkowski in the red zone. They end up drafting Tyler Johnson in the draft. You can see right here, Keyshawn Vaughn and Tristan Worfs. Worfs is going to help this team a ton, in my opinion. Uh, let's get into just the overall target competition outside of what I think is naturally going to regress and, and the concerns with Gronk being there and the concerns with Brady just now being the quarterback. So you see target competition here. The, the major ones you're going to see is Chris Godwin, Gronk, Justin Watson, OJ Howard, Scotty Miller, these types of players, right? So I see this and I see Gronk and Chris Godwin. I say, well, that's pretty awful, but there's no real wide receiver three as of right now, at least. I do think you're going to see a good amount of DeRay Ogunbowale taking checkdowns, maybe some Keyshawn Vaughn as well. Godwin last year was an absolute beast, obviously, number two in wide receivers in fantasy football. He saw an overall 20% red zone target share, 22% total, 96% of the snaps had over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns on 119 targets. These guys both missed time last year. Evans three games. Goblin missed the final two games, which allowed Rashad Perriman to break out last year. He has now gone to the Jets. Justin Watson, not a lot of usage last year, just 26 targets, caught 15 of them, had two touchdowns on a 9.8% target share. And then Scotty Miller should be playing somewhat of a deep threat option as well on the outside, maybe moves into the slot some. He saw 26 targets, 200 yards, and a touchdown on 11 deep targets as well. So uh, this is just an interesting offense. You have Gronk who didn't play last year, and people think that the year before that he was just only a blocking tight end, right? No, he just wasn't the same old Gronk getting you a thousand yards. That, si that same year, he had 13 games 
games where he saw 47 receptions, 682 yards, and three touchdowns. He saw 72 targets. He played on 93% of the snaps. He was running a route very often. He just wasn't getting separation, ranked 34th amongst tight ends that year. He had a lot of air yards. He was catching 65% of his passes. It was just overall reduction in his role. It wasn't the Rob Gronkowski 100 plus target season, 120 target season, right? It wasn't his 70 reception season. He did miss three games. He was probably on pace to catch somewhere around 55 balls for somewhere around 800 yards and four or five touchdowns. That's a very good tight end season. And yes, he's had a whole year off. But if anything, I can argue with you that that's good for this guy based on his past injuries of high ankle sprains, torn ACLs and MCLs, knee sprains, herniated discs in his back also often, right? 2016, 2018, back in college. So I think you're getting a healthier Rob Gronkowski than you would have had if he played last season. I think that's that's not really going to argue that. He looks a little bit sleeker. The red zone role should be there for him. So yeah, for Mike Evans, not a guy that I want to take. Honestly, Chris Gowman is very close to making this list as well. I'll keep Gowman because I think he'll play in the slot. Plus, yes, I know they said that they're going to play more uh, 12 personnel, meaning that Godwin's going to have to go on the outside, which is not good for Godwin, but I don't think it's going to be anything major. Maybe they play five to 7% more 12 personnel. That's going to be a knock for Godwin, which again is a reason I don't like him as much, but once he's in the slot, I think it's going to actually uh, be very helpful with Tom Brady there. So for me, Mike Evans is a bust, somebody that I've had on a lot of my teams and he's done a lot of good for me, but sorry, not this year, buddy. Number three for me is going to be Tyler Boyd. And depending on how you want this narrative to be spun, you can spin it really any way for Tyler Boyd, right? You can spin it that, okay, AJ Green's old. Uh, they have a rookie in T Higgins during a pandemic off season where he's not going to get mini camp. And then it's just pretty much Tyler Boyd, who was top 10 last year in targets in the NFL. Uh, he was 13th in target share, seeing 147 targets with a target share of 24.9%. He was eighth in receptions with uh, 90, seventh in targets overall, again, with 147. So this is a guy who saw a ton of production. Why can't he just take another step forward? Now getting Joe Burrow, right, from college, who threw to the slot almost more than anybody else last year, although Justin Jefferson was there, who is now a first round NFL pick, but still, and now you're getting Tyler Boyd, who's going to be filling that void uh, with a little bit less attention on him in the slot where guys like Marlon Humphreys from the Ravens moved into the slot to guard him twice last year. Top cornerbacks start to take attention. Now they're going to be looking at AJ Green on the outside, John Ross, if he's healthy on the outside. So why can't Tyler Boyd do it again? I mean, I'll just tell you why he can't do it again. He was never ultra efficient, right? You're looking at Tyler Boyd last year, never saw any major efficiency. He was 93rd in ADOT. 93rd in ADOT as a wide receiver one, seeing 147 targets. Sure, you'll you'll end up getting there just on targets alone in volume. And that's what he actually did last year. He ended up putting up a decent amount or enough fantasy points, 13.9 per game. But that finished 27th. He finished as the wide receiver overall 17 at the end of the day. A guy who saw the seventh most targets in the league barely cracked a thousand yards and only turned that into wide receiver 17, five touchdowns. uh, So maybe some regret do there, but the offense in general was just bad. Now, the way that I look at it is AJ Green comes back, and I don't think he's anywhere near dead in the water. Even if he's not the same AJ Green, I think he's still going to be fine and, and still be the number one wide receiver on this team. The way that I look at it is John Ross was actually playing well last year before suffering a couple of injuries and being limited by that. And I never have thought Tyler Boyd is a number one. And he has proved that time and time again. When AJ Green was hurt two years ago, Tyler Boyd was popping off as the wide receiver too, with not a lot of attention on him. Then he starts to uh, tone it down a little bit. Last year in general was not a productive season, in my opinion, based on the overall volume that Tyler Boyd saw. Now you could also blame the bad quarterback play of Dalton and having Ryan Finley, probably one of the worst guys, top three worst quarterbacks to actually play games last year. The fact that he played for a month is just disgusting in my opinion, but you can also just blame it on the fact that Tyler Boyd has also never been a guy who gets deep downfield and that's what he's going to rely on. His average depth of target again, 9.6. His yards per reception, 11.6. This is a good number two slot wide receiver. I think of guys like Jarvis Landry, except I think Landry has a little bit more of a role downfield. I think of guys coming into the league now like a Jerry Judy, their role on this team, not the exact skill sets of a 
Judy. Judy probably I mean, definitely a much better route runner uh, than Tyler Boyd was coming out of pit. But just in general, the role that I think they have in their offense is definitely a number two weapon in the team. Now you have T. Higgins coming there, who I don't think makes a major impact. Now you have John Ross entering into a third year in the league, right? AJ Green coming back. I think this is a big issue in general for Tyler Boyd, a new quarterback as well. Uh, Dalton last year threw 40 times per game. He only saw a 3% touchdown rate. Hopefully you're hoping that goes up with Joe Burrow stepping in under center. But the issue for me is that people still want to be drafting Tyler Boyd as like a top 30 wide receiver. That's just not something I want to do. Tyler Boyd right now for me is my wide receiver 40. So he was on the do not draft list and he's also going to be on the bus list because when you look at what happened last year, people are definitely not drafting him based on last year. Otherwise they'd be drafting him as a top 20 wide receiver. But I do think last year is holding a little bit of effect, right? If he didn't have the season that he did last year, if he ended up seeing only 125 targets, 120 targets, right? 20, 30 targets less and putting up only 900 yards total. I think people would be taking Tyler Boyd as the wide receiver 38, 39, somewhere around where I have him ranked, right? But the fact that he just crossed the thousand yard mark, the fact that he saw all those targets, people are going to drop it back down. New quarterback coming in, a new overall offense is going to end up being there. And now a bunch of more wide receivers are coming back healthy. T Higgins drafted, AJ Green coming back healthy. Alden Tate is also there as a red zone weapon that likely takes away from Tyler Boyd, who never saw a ton of red zone usage, just 14.7% last year. So for me, Tyler Boyd is not somebody I want to be drafting. Uh, You could look at just the overall target competition here, just to sum it up. AJ Green, T Higgins, Alden Tate, John Ross, Joe Mixon as well out of the backfield. Those are the main weapons that are going to be hurting him. AJ Green, the last time we saw him was 2018. He played nine games. He saw 8.6 targets, 5.1 receptions, 77 yards per game, six touchdowns, and a 23.5% target share. You don't think that a rookie Joe Burrow, who obviously knows who AJ Green is not going to look AJ Green's way uh, coming into the door. And if AJ Green has any juice left in the tank, you don't think that AJ Green is going to be the guy who pushes out of this offense for a thousand plus yard season and pushes Tyler Boyd down to maybe like an 800, 900 yard season. Higgins coming out of college last year had over 1,150 yards in 13 touchdowns with an athletic profile that really does mesh well uh, with this offense and how they're trying to build. He's sort of his own unique player in that regard. John Ross last year was injured, right? But he saw seven targets per game, three and a half receptions per game, and 63 yards per game, much, much better than his rookie year. And then you have guys like Auden Tain, who was just a monster in the red zone last year, 24.6% red zone target share, huge body that's going to be there. So Auden Tate, AJ Green, CJ Uzoma, the tight end. These are all guys who will be using the red zone. Obviously, Joe Mixon on the ground. I think that's really going to cut into Tyler Boyd. And I don't think he'll see the target volume to prop him back up to where he was last year, barely getting to a thousand yards. So I just don't see how he, he becomes a top 30 receiver once again, where a lot of people want to draft him. He's going to be a numero trace. That's number three, bust for me. Some honorable mentions real quickly would be guys like Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, and also Chris Godwin. Now, I don't think they're they're close enough to the bust range. Mike Williams is on the do not draft list. I believe Jerry Judy was as well, but they're honorable mentions and they're guys that I'm really just not going to be getting to. Jerry Judy going off the board as the first rookie wide receiver for me in fantasy football does not make much sense. Michael Pittman has a ton of opportunity and upside. Denzel Mims has a, has a ton of opportunity and upside. C.D. Lamb does, maybe doesn't have a ton of upside this specific year with the guys around him, but a lot of opportunity should be there in the slot to replace a guy in Randall Cobb who... Uh, saw 800 plus yards last year. There's just a lot of other rookies. Even Brandon Ayuk now is getting there with the, the injury to Debo Samuel. So a lot of other rookies I'd rather have. That's where I'm at right now. These are my bust wide receivers for 2020 as of this recording based on the news that we have in mid-July of 2020. Please do before you go, hit the like button for me, hit the big old subscribe button. And if you could check out the Supreme Draft Guide linked down below. $10 now, limited time only. If you plan on buying this in a month or now, you should buy it right now before the offer actually ends. So go ahead and check that out. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Sal. I hope you all have a great rest of your day and peace out game.